From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. It is another edition of the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Uh, Garrison, out this week, so you're stuck with me. <laughs> that's uh, Sorry, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. You know, sometimes things come up and uh, Garrison will be back next week. So, who am I? I'm Brandon Bainey. I'm the guy that's usually like in the host chair, uh, not necessarily having to break down everything, but uh, we'll we'll get through it. And uh, it's going to be maybe a little bit of a shorter podcast today since it's just me. I mean, I don't want to hear myself ramble on for 20 minutes. So, uh, so Garrison out. He will be back next week. The Palouse Prepcast on IdahoSports.com is brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. And you can get this podcast a couple of different ways. You can get the video only. Might be kind of boring this week since it's just me. But if you want to get the video, uh, you can go to the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Uh, you can get the audio version of this podcast by going to IdahoSports.com. Along the cross, uh, across the top of the homepage, you'll see uh, where it says PrepCasts. There'll be a drop-down menu with all of our PrepCasts. Click on the Palouse PrepCast. You can listen to the podcast right there. You can also download this podcast wherever you download your podcast. So however you're listening, however you're consuming the content, thank you. We really appreciate it. So let's start with a talk real quick. Uh, just to recap, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. And so as is usually the case up in District 2, it was a busy night of Monday night volleyball in the, in the White Pine League, especially. There always seems to be a lot of good Monday night action Probably not too surprising, but Troy continues to, to roll along. They swept Prairie last night, 25-11, 25-11, 25-19. Uh, Michaela Sapp had 17 digs. Troy Trojans still undefeated in the league, 11-0 in White Pine play, 19-4 overall, looking like a very, very strong contender at the 1A D1 State Volleyball Tournament coming up later on in October. Other White Pine scores, Lapway swept Clearwater Valley 3-0. You also had Timberline getting their first win of the season as they defeated Highland. This is in uh, White Pine League uh, D2 action. And they beat Highland in five sets last night, 3-2. Also in a D1 versus D2 matchup, Logos went on the road and defeated Deary 3-1. So we talked about in the White Pine League for volleyball, Troy, very strong potlatch maybe a half a step behind that genesee and prairie also very talented it's going to be a really fun district tournament coming up a little bit later on in october and that's kind of your monday night volleyball roundup here on the palouse prep yes we always try and uh, knock out the volleyball scores first because they were the most recent thing that happened and then we will transition into football and of course anybody that's talking football up in the palouse has to be talking about the big matchup that happened last week between lewiston and moscow that was a game that we brought to you here on idahosports.com garrison and jason hansen were actually on the call for that game and it kind of went how i personally thought it was going to lewiston offensively so talented defensively maybe a little bit unsung their defensive line is is one of the best, I think, in the 5A ranks collectively as a unit. And it's just Moscow isn't quite there. So Lewiston comes up with the big victory, 48-13 to 13 the final. It was kind of close after a quarter, right? Lewiston had a 13-7 to 7 lead after one, but really stretched out the lead from there. 
And I think the way this game went can be summarized with just a couple of stats. Okay. If you look at running the football, Lewiston, Cruz Hepburn, 130 yards and a touchdown, actually two touchdowns on the ground and 130 yards on just 10 carries. <laughs> okay. That's 13 yards per carry. Cruz Hepburn also caught a touchdown pass from Jace McCarcher. All right. So on one hand, you have Cruz Hepburn rushing for 130 yards and two touchdowns on 10 carries. On the other side, Moscow as a team did not rush for 30 yards. Yeah, they were held to less than 30 yards rushing by that Lewiston front seven. So if Moscow can't run the ball effectively, they become pretty one-dimensional. And Leon Hutton put up 316 passing yards, but he had to do it on 47 attempts. He completed 28 of 47 passes for 316 yards. Compare that to Lewiston. Strong running game, which means the passing game can be more effective and not as reliant for offensive success. Jace McCarcher, 8 of 10 for 199 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So that really sums up the game, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about it, Lewiston runs the ball effectively. They only have to throw the ball 10 times. Moscow can't run the ball. They have to throw it almost 50 times. So to me, that's really where the game was won and lost. Are those guys in the trenches for Lewiston that we talked about a couple weeks ago, kind of the unsung heroes of this Bengals team. And for Lewiston, it was nice bounce back win after losing for the first time two weeks ago to Sandpoint by one in overtime, right? That was a tough way for Lewiston to get their first loss. But the Bengals still looking very strong at five and one overall, three and three. Now Moscow drops two. So Lewiston, we talked about it. In terms of the playoff picture, getting to five wins typically means you got a really good chance of getting into the playoffs. Now, Lewiston, of course, has all of their conference games still in front of them, right? All those Inland Empire League games, which will ultimately determine, I think whether they win the league or not, or whether they set themselves up for a good position. But I think Lewiston, just based upon how some of the other at-large scenarios are going across the state, Lewiston has a really great opportunity to uh, get a playoff bid. Now, they're, they're, they can't like lose the rest of their games, right? Lewiston still has to come out and play well. But 48-13 to 13 over Moscow, a nice way to start. And for Moscow, like we said, it's been a really interesting season for the Bears when you look at Tight wins over Grangeville and Clarkston. Really, their only dominant victory was over a Pullman team that's really struggling. And losses to Lake City and Lewiston, which, you know, 5A programs, but also a loss to Timberlake, a 3A school. Now, the nice thing for Moscow is they still have both of their conference games still to come as well. It starts on Friday when they travel to Lakeland. And then two weeks from now, October 15th, they will host Sandpoint. And and like it does so often, those two games will probably determine who makes the playoffs from the Inland Empire League, right? Sandpoint looks really good, of course. There is one. So, so this year in the 4A playoffs, automatic bids, the Inland Empire League gets one and a half. So basically the league champ and then the second place team from District 1 and 2 is pitted up against the second-place team from District 5. 
And whoever has the better resume, max preps rating, that kind of stuff, gets the automatic bid. Now, the team that doesn't get the automatic bid still has a great chance to get an at-large bid. But last year, all three teams from up north made it, right? Moscow, Lakeland, and Sandpoint. I don't think that's happening this year. So Moscow, this, this game with Lakeland is probably going to be the game that defines their season coming up on Friday night. And that's in Rathrum, too. So they got to make the long road trip to play a Hawks team that's looking better. So we will have to uh, keep an eye on that. That's kind of what's happening at the 5A, 4A levels. What about at the uh, 2A? Orofino and Grangeville still competing, trying to find ways to, to get through in the Central Idaho League. It's been tough because St. Mary's has been on COVID hiatus for some time now. They won't return to activities until October 11th, and, and we're still not sure how that's going to shake out with the league schedule and things like that. Orofino had to forfeit their game to Priest River on Saturday. So Priest River wins 2-0 officially because of forfeit. It's just a tough time right now for, for the smaller programs up in District 2. And Grangeville didn't play last week. So Grangeville back in action this week. Supposed to be playing St. Mary's. And again, I don't know if that's happening or not, right? There's a lot of unknowns in the Central Idaho League right now. So... We'll have to keep our eyes out and, and and stay tuned for further developments with that. White Pine League. I mean, really, it was another week of separation, right? Prairie continues to be the best team. They defeat Kamii 60 to 20. Pirates are 5 0, 4 0 in the league. It's all setting up for a showdown with Lapway because Lapway in a game against Clearwater Valley wins 44 to 22. Titus Yearout was a perfect 100% throwing the ball. How often does that happen? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Titus Yearout missed a game two weeks ago. And, you know, Lapway didn't seem to be too bothered by it. They're 4-1. They're and one. Their only loss was to Oakley, the 1AD1 defending champs. It was all the way at the beginning of the season at the eight-man classic. They have not lost since then. Lapway looked so good, so dominant against Clearwater Valley. A, a CV team that I think is just... They're trying to push that boulder up the hill, but it's been a really tough, tough schedule and a tough slate, and it's starting to roll back down on them a little bit. But Titus here out a perfect eight for eight passing, 187 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, by the way, he also ran for 138 yards and two more touchdowns. <laughs> so Lapway four and one, Prairie five and zero. Oh. Both teams are four and zero oh in the conference. CV we thought might be the second best team in the white pine league this year. Um, at this point they're fighting just to get a playoff spot because when you look at the standings, they are behind Lapway and Prairie, but also Genesee Genesee rolls 50 to six over Troy. They're continuing to look good. You know, Genesee was kind of, I think taken aback by the way Lapway played against them two weeks ago, but Genesee, a good way to respond. They're five and one overall, five and one in the league. Genesee only has one conference game left, believe it or not. The other White Pine score. We talked about Prairie, of course, defeating Kamii, 60 to 20. But the other score was Potlatch shutting out Logos 60 to nothing. And now, you know, I'm not sure where, where Potlatch fits into this. I mean, when you look at the White Pine standings at the 1A D1 level, 
Prairie and Lapway both 4-0. Genesee is 4-1. And, and then now, look at this. Potlatch and Kamii are tied for fourth. Each one, 2-2. Two and two. So the thinking is this year, the White Pine League, definitely going to get four teams into the playoffs and a good chance to get five if things shake out the way we think they're going to. So right now, you've got Potlatch playing really well. Kamii trying to hang in there. And, and we talked about Clearwater Valley. One and three in the conference, one and four overall, basically fighting for their playoff lives. They they cannot lose again. There's just there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. White Pine League one A D two level. Kendrick, sixty six nothing win over Lakeside. That was a non conference matchup. They continued to be the class of the league, and they were the only team that was in action. Believe it or not. So Kendrick continues to lead there, and now we're getting to the point where. Who's, who's the second best team? Is it Lewis County? Is it Deary? I don't think it's Deary, but is it Timberline from Weipe? We'll find out how good Timberline is. They host Kendrick this week, 7 o'clock kickoff Friday night. That'll be an interesting one. And then Lewis County plays Deary. So a good opportunity for Lewis County to get back on the right side of 500 at 3-3. Three and three. In the White Pine League this week, the big matchup uh, in the D1 ranks, I should clarify. The big matchup is finally here. Lapway at Prairie. The 4-1 and Wildcats, the 5-0 and Pirates. Winner of this game probably wins the league and gets a really nice spot in the playoff bracket. It's going to be a fun game. <laughs> you know, Prairie has been so dominant, but I think Lapway has the offensive firepower to match him. I think I would still favor Prairie in this one, but this is the game of the week in the Palouse. No doubt about it. Doesn't matter what classification level. This is the game. Other White Pine League games. Logos is at Troy. Two teams at the bottom of the conference. Kamii at Genesee. Cubs are 2-2. Two and two. Can they continue to stay in the playoff race against the Genesee team that's 5-1? and one? Potlatch at Clearwater Valley. Now, CV, we said CV can't lose any more games. They can start taking out those teams that are above them in the standings, though, starting with Potlatch on Friday night. And then at the uh, 5A, 4A level, we talked about Moscow traveling to Lakeland. That's going to be a big game. Lewiston finally begins Inland Empire League play as well when they host Post Falls. And winner of this game probably takes second place in the Inland Empire League behind Coeur d'Alene, more than likely. So... For Lewiston, I talked about five wins kind of being the magic number to get into the playoffs. A home win over post falls pretty much locks it up at that point. And then at that point, it's just a matter of, you know, how how many wins do they accumulate in the regular season to try and get themselves into a good position with the playoff bracket, all that good stuff. So things are heating up in District 2 in terms of football. That's for sure. There's going to be some really big matchups. Finally, in those smaller leagues, the Inland Empire League, right? At the 5A level, there's only four teams. The 4A level, there's three teams. They're finally getting into league play. We're going to finally, we, we can stop speculating. We can start actually saying, okay, team A is better than team B because they beat them. No more of this hypothetical stuff, which is nice. Of course, the White Pine League, eight teams. We've kind of been slowly been figuring out how that's shaking out. So... It's going to be another great week of football in the Palouse. 
Soccer just about wrapped up. District tournaments just around the corner. And continuing to look really strong up north in soccer. As we get to, and this is the exciting time of year, soccer is always the first sport to sort of dip their toes in the playoff water, right? Boys soccer. If we look at the Inland Empire League at the 4A level, Sandpoint, the team to beat. And it's not close. Moscow and Lakeland trying to play spoiler, but really that's Sandpoint's league to lose. On the girls' side, no surprise, also Sandpoint. <laughs> Sandpoint, really good soccer programs this year. Sandpoint is 10-0. and How about that? 10-0, and undefeated. Again, Moscow and Lakeland just trying to play spoiler. And then in uh, one of the quirks, there's only 5A, 4A, 3A in soccer. So even if you're a 2A program or a 1A program, you have to play up at the 3A level. So 3A boys soccer, and it's all District 1 and 2 as well. It's the Intermountain League. So you've got those schools like Bonners Ferry and Coeur d'Alene Charter, Timberlake. They're all mishmashed in the league with like Orofino and Grangeville and schools like that. Boys soccer, 3A, Intermountain League, Timberlake in first place, Coeur d'Alene Charter right behind them, and Bonners Ferry is also looking very strong. That's three teams from District 1. Who's got the best chance from District 2? Well, there's only the two teams, Orofino and Grangeville. Both have really been struggling, both at the bottom of the league standings. On the girls' side for Intermountain League soccer, Coeur d'Alene Charter continues to dominate 12 and 0 overall, 9 and 0 in the conference. Timberlake's not too far behind, and after that there's quite a drop off. You've got Bonners Ferry and then Grangeville, you know, in fourth place but within striking distance. So Grangeville could get hot in girls soccer, get on a run, make it to state. But Coeur d'Alene Charter on the boys and girls side, Timberlake on the boys and girls side, Bonners Ferry. Those are kind of the three best teams consistently across the board in both boys and girls soccer. So Busy time of year. Playoffs are just around the corner in soccer. The end of the regular season, rapidly approaching in football and volleyball. This is the best time of year. No doubt about it. That'll do it for this edition of the Palouse PrepCast. Before we duck out, though, let's hear from our sponsors, our friends at the Idaho Division of Public Health. We'll be back right after this. You're watching slash listening to the Palouse PrepCast from idahosports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. All right. We're back here on the Palouse PrepCast, idahosports.com, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Uh, thanks for hanging with me. The solo pods are always tough. <laughs> I always feel like it's, it's hard having that conversation with yourself, right? <laughs> when there's literally nobody else to talk to. So thank you for, for sticking with me as we made our way through what's going on in district two Garrison Hardy will be back next week to break it all down again for you right here on idahosports.com. Thanks for tuning into the Palouse prep cast. We'll see you next time. I'm Brandon Bainey on idahosports.com.